We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Man, I get it My head back to my bed. You know I'm popping tag. But man, I got this way. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes Podcast. This is episode 132 of the pod. It's only one type of pod, and that's a Victory Friday pod. It's Club Dub Pod. It's a Club Dub Pod. Are we back? Uh, you know, I we talked about this, and even like the wins throughout this year didn't even feel that good. This one felt that, good. That was the team we thought we were going to get. From, and I, I texted you last night in all caps, very excitedly, and completely sober because I was working. <laughs> Don't you dare let this team in the playoffs. See, see what happens. Oh, See what happens if this group, not the one we saw beat the Lions, not the one we saw beat the Giants, if this team, the one that played and beat Dallas last night the way they did, and I know Dallas is down, that's fine. If you let that team into the playoffs, I don't think they're going to lose. I really don't. That is a bold prediction. I think that it is... Um, it's not too early. Let me put the cart before the horse, damn it. No, no, no. no. It was just, it's, I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from, but... I think we need to just enjoy these individual moments because of how bad things were and how bad things could potentially be six days, seven days from now. Uh, excuse me. Um, That's nine okay. days from now. Um, I, I just they, – they haven't sold me completely yet, but it is good to see that there is still they a have talented It's still group. there. They have it when they can go out there. When they can – they have it inside of them. It's yes. bringing it out. Uh, it's not, that, it's, that it seemed to be the issue. It's not a farce. Last year wasn't, you know, this, the things we saw on the field was not a fluke. We've been waiting for it all year. We didn't really know this year if they had this type of effort deep down in them. And you mm-hmm. know, honestly, all of us kind of started thinking, well, maybe last year was a fluke. This showed that that, that that team, I know the Cowboys are struggling too. I know I said it, but the way they played last night, the way they beat the Cowboys, the way they got punched in the mouth to start and then completely just came right back. And yeah, punched them, counterpunched. It was that that was that was the team that we thought we were going to see all year, and that's a team that even going forward, I, it's a shame it took till week fourteen to see. Um, but going forward, I mean, there's really two scenarios here. It's either the Bears are going to somehow pull this off and make the playoffs, which is still a long shot at this point, mm-hmm. or honestly, worst case scenario, hopefully this game is a turning point for not only this season but for this entire group going forward. And obviously, you have a long off season to make some moves, but this group gets a third place schedule next year. And I hate looking forward to next year, but that's kind of the reality in week yes. 14 when you wait till week 14. To turn it, also, on the it also kind of falls right into my emotional trap of Mitch Trubisky being the quarterback coming into camp next summer, regardless of how this season ends, because he's now stacked two really good games on top of one mm-hmm. another. And yeah, we want to see our quarterback do well, but emotionally I had already moved on. I, I, I already moved him off. He was done. Um, so I kind of have to, I guess open my heart back up to be hurt again. You know, it's uh, in this quarterback relationship life that we that we have here. You know, lo- loves a fickle fickle thing, Joe. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, you just have to do that. Um, it, I still don't think it totally changes their offseason game plan towards the quarterbacking position. I still think you know you're not paying Chase Daniel six million dollars to be the backup next year because you can't really yeah. afford that. 
Um, yes. If you're going to pay six million dollars to a backup quarterback, it's going to be for a veteran who can actually no, point, compete. No, it wasn't. It had nothing to do with Chase Daniel. No. It was about it being an open contest yeah. between Mitch Trubisky and someone else. It's not going to be an. I mean, I, I, let's not. I mean, there's three weeks left. If, yeah. that, if, if we get that Mitch for the last three three games of the season, it's not. Even going if he goes two and one against this this final if he, schedule, if he goes that two and here. if he goes two and one, looks like that all three games, and they lose a shootout to the Chiefs. I mean, that's going to be your yeah. quarterback next year, and quite honestly, that probably should be your quarterback next year, especially given the circumstances, given what's out there. And not really having the flexibility to offer a long term, you know, really bring in that great of a long term solution, you yeah. probably do have to ride with him for one more year. And quite honestly, if he looks like that, he probably deserves that last year of the contract before you have to make the decision. Um, but it's yeah. just wild how quickly that narrative has flipped. And quite honestly, rightfully so. I think it's credit where it's due to Mitch. I mean, he was at the lowest of lows after that Rams game, and he could have gone one of two ways. And since that game, he's gotten incrementally better each time out until you know last night, which is maybe the maybe the best game of his career. I don't think that's the stretch there. to say. No, that that's right up there with you know Green. I mean, yeah, the Tampa game last year statistically, but that was mm-hmm. a no pressure game against Tampa. I'm not gonna last night and maybe the Green Bay game last year. The two that stick out to me among any other. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance. Um, if you can't tell by my voice, I was in the building. Um, had a great time sitting in the north end zone, uh, watching Mitch skip into the end zone uh, off a little read option uh, that Nagy dialed up for the last touchdown. That was hey, it took had, him fourteen weeks, but he finally started dialing up some plays for the kid. Yeah, but there was still a couple issues. I took issue with a couple play calls. There was on the interception play, he rolled Mitch to his left. Yeah, throwing I don't into like a, that. Throwing into a short field, he ran a flood route opposite Mitch's. It's, dominant it's, hand. It's a throw that should never throw, field. but not a good play call. It's a play that should never be called. Yeah. It just you shouldn't have a quarterback rolling to the short side against his body trying to sneak one in. Um, whether or not the quarterback can sneak one in, Mitch tried it. I hold nothing against him on that throw. No, and, um, and honestly, so you, I'm not sure how many replays you saw on the jumbotron, or if you've seen highlights this morning. Obviously, last mm-hmm. night after the interception. With it being review, a reviewed play, we saw about a million replays of it. It kind of yeah. looked like, like you said, it was the flood route. You had the intermediate route, and then you had the deep route. And it honestly looked like Mitch was kind of indecisive on which one of those he was going to throw to. So he made the yeah. classic young mistake of, well, I'm just going to see if I can float it in between them, and hopefully one of them catches it. That never really works out well. And yeah. that was the hell of a catch by Jordan Lewis to get those feet down. But yes, it's a throw he can't make. But again, he... Before that, he was having a fantastic drive, and this game could have gone one or two ways after that. They're already down 7 nothing. He just turned the ball over when he should have tied the game. He could have gone one or two ways, and he mm-hmm. got better. He learned from it, yeah. got better. It's, it's and I like, the point, I like the point you make about you know, just even that opening drive, that nine-play, or excuse me, nine-minute, 16-play drive um, that felt like a backbreaker right off the right bat, away. but um, a little bit of a little bit of uh, mental fortitude that we haven't really seen much of with this group. And then you have you know Roquan go down with a pec injury, and that could have been another moment where the defense kind of shied away, and um, they hung in there. Yeah, hung in there really well. It's a struggling Dallas offense, but a very talented one nonetheless. And it is mm-hmm. a Bears team that we've seen all year has, especially since Akeem Hicks has been out, struggled against the run and really struggled against teams that are very good at the line of scrimmage, and that's offensively at least, and that's what Dallas is known for. They have Zeke, obviously. They have one of the best offensive lines in football, at least talent-wise, and short, you know, undermanned and all that. The Bears' front seven 
really figured it out after that first drive. And hats off to Nick Kwiatkowski, who a lot of us, you know, that Vikings game, he was great in a fill-in role. And we kind of said, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's a great depth guy. He's a great third guy. And But, you know, when teams start to game plan, he doesn't really have the speed and then kind of pick him apart. He hasn't really let that happen yet. And I know they mm-hmm. haven't had the greatest of competitions since, since Trevathan went down. But he hasn't looked out of place. He hasn't been beat. He hasn't been, you know, exposed. He's been very, very good. Yeah, I think he's a guy who's um, realizing where he's at in his career right now and an opportunity that he has in front of him um, and taking full advantage of it. But uh, started multiple Jason Garrett chants in the in the stands yesterday, so that was another positive. There you go. You, you're uh, definitely a chant guy. Yeah, I, you know, not as much as I used to be. Trying to lay a little lower these days. Um, no. Well, you're not in Sacramento now. You're here. Still got to still bundle up, cover the face, get a couple of Jason Garrett chants out you there. Should, you should, yeah, you should have got one of the. It wasn't cold outside. You could have wore one of those like ski masks, and no yeah. one even known it was you. We were kind of we were in charge of getting everybody up on third down too in the section. You know, that, that makes a lot of people. Yeah, someone's got to do um, it. Might as well be you. And the Dallas fans behind us told us to sit down in the first quarter. And I said, if you want to sit, the Nutcrackers right down the street. Oh, 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 there it is. The the section, the section loved that, and from that moment on, we were hype. Yeah, you guys. I mean, at that point, you're just you're the toast. You're the toast of the section. Everybody loves you. I'm I'm surprised you paid for a beer the rest of the night. Um, Yeah, I think I paid for one too many beers the rest. That's okay. You know what? It's it's a victory. It's a win. It's okay. I mean, they look good from the start. That's a night where it's okay to you know maybe overindulge yourself. Absolutely. You're amongst Um, friends. Matt, my handcraft. uh, if you can't tell, <laughs> if you can't tell, my uh, my my brain is not firing at the at the normal speed right now. So um, I'm going to let you just take this podcast by the reins, and I'll uh, I'm just following suit. All right. So I guess you were in the building last night. Was there a? I mean, did you notice? I mean, it seems like on social media, it seems people watching the game, the fans were. It was a different reaction last night than other ones in the past. Did you kind of get that feeling from last night? Like, was was there a? a palpable feeling in, in the, I know, you know what I'm talking about in the building. Was there yeah, a different vibe to that? At team? no point, at no point did anyone feel the need to boo anybody. Yeah. And that's not a net knock on those detractors because we've gone over it in the past of all those boos were earned. Um, and last night felt like more of a celebration than a reason to be nervous or worried. Um, there was a confidence, I think in the building that hasn't been there. Um, in a long time with the way that they were playing, I think there was still a wary, an underlying wariness of like, all right, when does the floor come out? When does Dallas take over yeah. here? And then it got to the second half and the way they were playing, it was like, okay, this is our ball game. Um, let's, let's keep it on the rails here. So I think there was a confidence that, that maybe there hasn't been in weeks past. And uh, there was, there was an, a, an air of enjoyment even, which is, uh, which has not been something that the Bears have uh, incited much of this season. So it was, it was great to be amongst that. And it's just another opportunity for me to take a stab at that stadium. It does not hold sound. It sounded, it sounded louder when we got back here and watched the highlights. Like really? the stadium sounded super loud. You can't, it, it, it doesn't hold anything. It doesn't reverberate anything. It just, it's open air and you feel like you're yelling into the wind. Um, well, it's the windy city. It, thank you, Matt. Thank no problem. You for that. Um, but uh, still, yeah, still kind of hate, the whole like it, with how great the fans are and how much they get up on third down and it doesn't how, get how loud, as loud that as place it can get it doesn't get nearly as loud as it should in the building okay you might hear it coming off of microphones and this and that 
over the TV broadcast. But the, but in the, the building, field and building atmosphere isn't what it should you don't, be. Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that roar that maybe you get in an indoor stadium or in like an Arrowhead where it's designed a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, that's, yeah, my, so that's my one kind of flat. That's my one gripe of, of last night. You know, well, you, hey, you know, if that is your biggest gripe from last night, I will. <laughs> I will absolutely take that. Um, I, while you were talking about that, I was thinking kind of because now I'm the driver of this podcast, people. Yes. Um, I was thinking about where I wanted to go next, and I, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, what the tight ends really stood out last night. Um, you, you had obviously with Burton out, Shaheen out. You have basically a guy you picked up off waivers and JP Holtz and a Princeton grad. Joe, are you like playing with some Advil or something over there? We we popped. Um, up a pill there what's going on i was on? trying to quietly open a bag but no I yeah you, you weren't doing caught. it very quietly i guess i got uh, caught what, what, are open, what, what, what are we ahead. opening a bag of okay i'm muted go ahead um i, I wanted to single them out and say you know those guys kind of stepped up and you know they're, they're make obviously the bears still need to probably draft the tight end add one but they're establishing themselves as guys you might count on to be back next year but then you kind of start thinking of there were several guys like that last night on the offensive end that we thought at the beginning of the year, you know, this team was going to be one stacked with weapons. They were going to have a whole bunch, Mm -hmm. and Mitch was going to have his pick of targets. We hadn't seen that, but last night you saw seven different guys, I think, Mitch complete passes. So you saw David Montgomery. I know he didn't get 100 yards. I know he has a 100-yard game this year. I think last night was probably the best I've seen him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there was only one or two times where I thought he got to the line of scrimmage could have been more explosive danced a little bit he got an open field the offensive line was fantastic blocking for him and I think part of that goes back to Nagy actually being willing to let Mitch run um, but th- there were so many weapons last night too that stepped up and had big games Cordero Patterson had the big run Anthony Miller had another really nice game and he might be flipping the tide on him and Allen Robinson turned into is not turned into looked again like a legit number one wide receiver in the NFL. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is I wanted to start talking about how good the tight ends were last night, kind of stepping up out of nowhere. But literally you could say that just about any of the offensive weapons that took the field last night. Yeah, everybody everybody kind of stepped up um, in, in other people's absence, in opportunities that they knew they were going to have. Everybody stepped up. And I think that is the direction that good teams in this league are going. How many teams do you see getting it done with – the stud wide receiver or just the tailback. Mm-hmm. It, you, you need you need to have depth and weapons. Yeah, um, that's what we were raving about about this team when they built this team in the off season. We were, we were talking about just how many weapons Mitch was going to have. There was no excuse for him to play poorly. Well, his his coach then called some of the worst plays we've ever seen. Last night was a different scenario. You were getting all of those weapons mm-hmm. involved, and whether that's a product of you know a couple guys being dinged up at the tight end position or something else. That's the type of approach you need to take. Anthony Miller needs to touch the ball three to five times a game. Cordero Patterson needs to have a couple looks. Allen Robinson needs to be targeted at least ten times a game. I want to see him catch eight balls. Like that, these guys all need to be worked in. And I know it's hard to think about those things when you're calling plays and you're just trying to get three yards on a third down. But I, I that's think why that you get paid a, the big bucks to call plays in the NFL. Yeah, I think there's got to be a certain underlying breakdown that they're aware of where all of these guys are getting going because that's when they're the most dangerous. Yeah, and a name you brought up there too is Cordell Patterson. Who he did, I, I wanted to mention him because there are there were some offseason moves. That, there have been some moves Ryan Pace has made that you question a little bit. Trey Burton last year obviously hasn't worked out. When you saw Cordell Patterson two years, $10 million, I kind of thought that's a little bit much for a guy who's just kind of a special team specialist and offensive gadget guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the few people I thought all year, and especially last night too, has just been – 
fantastic. I feel like he's been a, a very good fit in the offense. He's been as good of a special teams player as, the, as there is in the NFL as a gunner on punt team and obviously has the, the kick return for a touchdown, a couple big kick returns, and seems like he's a little bit of a leader in that locker room having been in New England, having been in Minnesota, having experienced some success. And I just uh, – that one third down where he caught that little slip screen or it was a tunnel screen, whatever it was, and looked like he was kind of yeah. dead to rights and then reeled it off for not only the first down but about 18 more after that. Um, he's been a guy who has pleasantly surprised me this year. Uh, it's been very impressive, even though yeah. the team necessarily hasn't. I, I think even during the week he was talking about maybe playing some tight end. And that, he volunteered to play tight end because of how depleted they were, which should probably and, tell you everything you need to know about him. You know, that slip screen, you could run that play from any position on the field. So mm-hmm. it felt very tight end-ish uh, what mm-hmm. he was doing there. And I also think that Cordell Patterson is a large glue guy. I think that he – Good, I, that I he, would agree. I think that he binds this team a little bit um, and going through what they went through over the last 10 weeks, those are the most important guys on your team. And uh, I think that he's been a large part of the reason why they've stayed together too. Now we haven't talked much about the defense, the other side of the ball, the, the other phase or the second of the three phases. Mm-hmm. Um, Khalil Mack, I think he only had the one sack, uh, but he looked like a different player last night. He looked like the old Khalil Mack, and I know they're they're still depleted up front. They're so depleted everywhere. They they didn't really have the flashy plays last night, but they were after that first drive just incredibly efficient. Kyle Fuller had probably his twenty seventh near interception last night. <laughs> um, he was pretty good and a, a very. Uh, a highly explosive Dallas, or at least weapons that are highly explosive. You know, they mm-hmm. haven't. They have Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup. You know, obviously Zeke. They have Randall Cobb. Without their second corner, I thought the Bears' secondary held up very, very well. Yeah, I was I was happy with what they did, and I think that a large part of that was getting them off schedule on first and second down, mm-hmm. so those those DBs could kind of know what was coming on third down. Um, you know Ezekiel Elliott is going to touch the ball at some point on first down, second down, or third down if it's third and short. You just know it. You can kind of get downhill on, on a talented back like that because as we were talking about the breakdown and the number of times guys have to touch the ball, Zeke's got to touch the ball 25, 30 mm-hmm. times a game. That, that's just how it is, whether it's little screens because uh, he does have that ability to catch the ball. But yeah. you, you have to expect him to run between the tackles on first and second down. And I liked, you know, again, credit to Kwiatkowski, um coming downhill, meeting the, meeting the running back. And Eddie Goldman did a good job uh, up front just kind of resetting that line and not, uh, you know, we, we watched the game from that end zone view so you can yeah. see things open up from an offensive and defensive line standpoint. Great place to watch it. There was, there was no – there was no – hole to drive a truck through for for Dallas. There was no like glaring mistakes or, or gaping openings for, for mm-hmm. Zeke to hit and turn into that big play. They kind of mucked things up in the middle there for a while and, and made things easier on the back end. And when you're playing, I know it's um you know it's uh, a cliche, but when you're playing that type of complementary football, not defense to offense, but on the levels of defense, then you know you're that's where you build momentum. That's where good things happen. Yeah, I think the one bit of bad news that came out of last night, it, we, we should probably bring up. Uh, Roquan Smith obviously left early. Uh, sounds like he has a torn pec, going to be done yeah. for the year. Uh, so hat, hats off to okay, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, the fourth middle line side linebacker on the depth chart, uh, came in, and they didn't really miss much of a beat last night, but hopefully in these upcoming weeks. Um that's not something you see start to catch up to them. They don't really face a great rushing attack uh, until Minnesota. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they can kind of skate by a little bit until then. Um, but I guess Akeem Hicks coming back should be fine. Should should help that out. But that's going to be a tough loss being without the Trevathan and, and Roquan Smith tandem in the middle. Yeah, when you're looking at a preseason, those are the anchors of your defense. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm tempering expectation moving forward because it's going to be hard to win without those guys, especially these next come next, these next three weeks. That's why I was saying, you know, enjoy this Dallas win. We'll see what else happens down the road here. But um, I'm not sure how, uh, yeah, the depth looked good yesterday, but how sustainable that is. Yeah, it might not be. And like, like we said, uh, last night's awesome. The playoffs are still a, a very steep climb here. you got to beat the top two teams in your division and Patrick Mahomes. Um, but at the very least, it seems like they're starting to, you know, if it's, if it is too late this year, they're at least putting together some building blocks for next year. So if you can go out this year and it is what, what would be no doubt a failed season if you don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, you can still go out on a high note and go on, go out on something to build on. You know, as well as anyone, you know, from playing football, it's, it's, it's different when you end the season going into your off season workouts on a high note rather than losing, you know, by 20 to yeah, essential yeah. whatever the end of the year and having a down year it, it's better it to build off some wins it makes a difference those off-season workouts having those confidence having you know, going into practice every day knowing what you're capable of not wondering um it, it does make a difference and should make a difference confidence wise next year um, yeah I, I i totally agree with that and you know you are playing for more than i guess a playoff booth um you're playing for uh, program momentum if you will mm-hmm. um, and uh it's just a blast to have them not ruin, ruin your day. You know, honestly, that's a really, it, really nice way to put it. At the true core of it, it's a great it's a great day when the Bears don't ruin it. They didn't ruin it last night. Yeah. So hats off to them. And hats off to you, Joe. You're toughing through this. I can tell in the voice. So so for your sake, we're going to move on here from the Bears unless you have any okay. last, last questions, comments, anything. Um, what is the final score of the Super Bowl when we win? Oh, wow. Um, what was it in 85? 49 to 10? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Same thing as 85. Same thing as 85. Same, same score as 85. Love it. Uh, you want to go to locks? Let's get the locks yeah, out of the way. They, they were kind of ugly. They are kind of ugly last week. So let's, let's just kind of uh, We both lost, so we yeah. fall to what? Seven and seven each? I think so. We both lost outright as well. We yeah. didn't, uh, Not only did we lose our picks, but both our teams lost outright. Uh, mine is a double-digit favorite. They got out, the mm-hmm. Panthers got out to that fourteen nothing lead and then lost to the Redskins at home. And then uh, fired their head coach. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. It happened. Uh, that was weird, by the way. Ron Rivera, I don't think I did not see that get one. fired. He's going to get uh, a job very quickly. But Joe, what do you what do you got this week for us? What do you got for the uh, this get you week? Back I'm, over kind of, I'm kind of hedging uh, emotion here. I like that. You know, you that's know, always jump, a smart move. I never jump on the pack, but um, there's not a number big enough for me not to like the pack this week against the Redskins. Uh, the line's 12.5. I think they cover that easy. It's a two-touchdown game in my eyes at least. I think it has the potential of being a 4-5 touchdown win uh, for the Packers. Um, you know They're coming down the stretch just as well. They see a Vikings team that's not going away. They see a Bears team that's surging. I think that they understand what needs to be done next weekend uh, or this weekend. And uh, I think the Packers win big this week at home against the Redskins, laying twelve and a half. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, trending, uh, one of the trends this year has been double-digit underdogs have been pretty successful. But like mm-hmm. you said, the Packers are a a veteran team who know what it takes to win a division, and I guarantee you there are they know what they have in the Vikings, who they're tied with, and I, I guarantee you they saw and know what happened last night, and they probably would like to send a similar message of their own uh, headed mm-hmm. in that rivalry matchup. So I do like that pick as much as it pains me to say. I am going to go to Sunday Night Football. 
Uh, I've, I've been pretty good on the primetime matchups this year. I'm going to take the Seahawks getting a point at the Rams. I have no idea why the Rams are a favorite in that game. They had one really good offensive output against the Cardinals, and that's about all we've seen from them this year. So give me the uh, the nine and two or ten and ten and two Seahawks competing yep. for a division uh, over the Rams. I like it. Um, what a when you looked at the schedule preseason, what a game that we had circled as being maybe the one that decided the NFC West, but that division's been so good and so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the Rams have been so underwhelming that, uh, you know, I, I really like that number and I like that pick. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't, primetime Russ is like, yeah, he's one of the he's best. I, I forget what it is, but in primetime, his, his uh, record is fantastic. Uh, so that's a, that's an odd one to me. That's one of those I've, I've been a proponent of. Sometimes I think Vegas gives, you know, gimme lines. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that's one of them, or I'm hoping I'm not being trapped here. I like it. Yeah. You want to jump into some buy or sell? I would love to. You want me to start, or you want me you to start? What do you want? This is your uh, take I'll it. I'll start take, it off here. Okay. I'm taking it back. I'm taking well, no, it back. Well, no, I'm, back. No, I'll still take the reins, but I want you to go with whatever direct, because you're the one. Gotcha. You're, you're, you're home. You're, you're, the, you're the guest of honor today. So Thank you. Have Thank time you. to go to the Bears game, but not see your podcast partner. That's fine. We're not We're not going to get into it. Yeah, you, into yeah, it. yeah, I know. If you're at the game, if you're at the game, what? One hundred percent would have seen you. Which some, brings of us, me, some of us have jobs. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, well, let's lead things off. It is a big weekend in college football as well. I know we're not giving it. It's uh, it's just due here on conference championship weekend, but uh, so be it, uh, Matt. Uh, you know we're we're playing with finite bullets here when it comes to, it. when it comes when it comes to the voice. But uh, did want to get some college in here, Matt. So buy you or to. sell when you're looking at the Power Five conferences. Buy or sell. That Ohio State's margin of victory over Wisconsin will be the large margin, largest margin of victory of any of the Power Five conference championship games. Man, I, that's a good question. I am going to. S- Part of me wants to take Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Say Oklahoma is going to do that because I do think they know that if they have a chance to get it, if Utah wins on Friday night, which I think they will, Oklahoma is going to have to win by forty to get into those playoffs, and I could see them not taking the foot off the gas. Um. But I'm not going to bet against the Buckeyes in that. It's just yeah. it, it's a bad investment, even though I might not think I think not it's going to be a so. tanning. Um, Wisconsin kept up with them for a while early on earlier this year. And, uh, well, I think it might be, again, close early, and they might try to establish a run. I think one thing will lead to another, and eventually Ohio State kind of runs it. Uh, but I, I do think Oklahoma will also win very, very big out of a desperation-type effort. So I'll buy it. I'll buy, I'll buy, you. I'll buy what you're selling. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't see any any argument here now. So you said, like you said, you got to save bullets on the voice. So I'll, I'll move this <laughs> on. Um, what was my first? Oh, okay. Uh, so Zion Williamson is getting to the uh, the close to that six to eight win- week window. He was initially projected to miss. Uh, the team is now saying it's going to definitely come out of the six to eight week window. And I mean, at that point, you're getting towards you know the midway point in the season. Um, I'm going to ask you, buy or sell, with, with the Pelicans being as bad as they are, buy or sell we see Zion at all this year? I buy it. Um, okay. I, think they need, I think they need to put him on the court sometime, if it's after the All-Star break, whenever. Um, I think that, that, again, you could draw parallels all over sports. Um, you might not be a playoff team this year, how you had hoped with the current makeup, but you are building something and mm-hmm. you're building around that guy. So you need him to be on the court to see how he gels with his other players. Um, they're going to obviously be cautious with him. They're going to be cautious with him for the rest of his career because that's what the NBA is. It's the coddling of stars. And um, that's, 
that's just how it's going to go down. But mm-hmm. I do think that we see him this year because of the excitement, because of the need to build, because of all of these things and all of these different aspects of you know a franchise and a business. Um, Zion Williamson is that franchise and he is their business. Um, I think we see him on the court. Yeah, I, I tend to lean towards you. Yeah, I, I do think though it might be obviously it's going to. They said it's going to be outside that six day week window. Wouldn't be shocking to me if you didn't see him till after the All Star break and just kind of let him play a month, month and a half yeah. uh, before the end of the season. But like you said, probably a good idea to let him start gelling with those young guys. And these are all re-eval- these are reevaluation windows. They're mm-hmm. not necessarily he's going to be back in eight weeks because the NBA you play so many games a week that. You know, you're going to get reevaluated, then you get cleared for contact, then you try and get your wind up that week, and then maybe at the end of the week or the following week, mm-hmm. we'll see the guy. So, um, we're currently, not that I work in Sacramento anymore, but we're, uh, we were experiencing the same thing with Marvin Bagley's broken thumb. It was a yeah. four to six, four to six week window, um, reevaluated at four, still couldn't go contact, reevaluated at five. Uh, still can go contact. Got reevaluated yesterday. Cleared for contact. So now he'll build up to where he can get game ready again. That's why you're the best in the business, man. You're you're out of Sacramento, but you're still reporting Sacramento. You're you still know still what's going it. on. That's still in the mud, man. Matt. That's still, uh, you, you gotta love it. Still in the mud. Um, all right, Matt. Uh, this is a little multimedia portion of the podcast, listeners. If you're uh, on your phones or whatever devices you have in front of you go to pa- instagram pause the podcast go to instagram pa- pause the podcast well, after go we to, give you yeah instagram. after we explain it don't pause it right now yeah um that'd be stupid go to go to instagram look at my post from last night um i'm couple doing of the boys a couple of the boys were at a tailgate and we took a nice picture as an offensive line matt i wanted you to buy or sell my left tackle stance and of course i'm the left tackle of course i that was the least surprising thing in the world eight, um, eight figure guy you you made that you made sure that you were going to be the left tackle I no oh i stayed wide it. yeah i stayed wide before um, the picture was taken you know i, I i'm going to buy it I, I like it for for a beginner obviously you're okay. a football beginner you're an offensive line beginner i don't think you were fat as a child okay um you're a little the feet are a little wide for me a little wide it's a little bit okay. wide of a base um <laughs> I, I, I don't mind the hand placement uh, one thing I can say is the splits are god awful. I mean, come oh, on. No. You, you're that toe was, to toe. That, we're not. If you're, if I wasn't. You're, uh, I, I well, knew. Just let me. This yeah, is. A, this is. You're, you're asking me. Um, if you're gonna be toe to toe like that, that's a. That's a. We're on a goal line set. That means you're not yeah. in a two point stance. No one's in a two point stance on the goal line or short yardage situation. So make up your mind. All that's right. Fair. If you want. If you want to have that tight of splits, let's let's get your hand in the dirt. Okay. Craft. Um, I, I. Whatever. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, Frank's not, uh, for for a guy who doesn't play football, not bad on the right tackle there. Uh, yeah. I really hope Jeffy, the the left guard here in this situation, with his hand <laughs> up in the air. I hope he's kidding. I hope that was like a joke. He's got two fingers on the ground. He got his hand up in the air. I don't know he's, what's going on there. He went to the little giants, uh, the little giants school of football there. Yeah, that's that's kind of what that looks like. But Joe, I am. I'm not shocked that you had the best because I knew even though it was kind of a joking type picture, you were still going to be like, yeah, I still got to look good doing this. Got to be exactly right. accurate here. You yeah. are. And you know what? Again, a little bit wide on the base for me, a tad wide, but I don't, I, I, I can live with that. I can work with that. We can talk. You should see, you should see my kick slide too. It was a, it was a thing of beauty. Oh man, I missed the kick. That, that, I love doing kick slides. I was, that was a great kick slider. <laughs> It's a thing of beauty. Um, do so you have one more? Is that, uh, I is do. That you, I, you're, you sound you're like you're right. Yeah. You're a boxing guy. Right. Uh, yes, I, I'm a fan of the fight sports. A boxing guy. I don't mind the boxing either. We got a big one this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Re- I'm not going to claim that I know everything about the heavyweight title belts because I know there's like five of them. 
three of them up for grabs uh, this weekend. Andy Ruiz Jr., Anthony Joshua rematch. Andy Ruiz pulled off that huge upset uh, however many weeks ago. Andy Ruiz Jr. at the uh, at the weigh-in tipped the scales at 283 when he said he hoped to come in at 268. Uh, I guess, hey, you know what? Hey, Thanksgiving, it's not his fault. Okay, it, yeah. it was Thanksgiving last week. He ate a lot. We do it. I do it too. Maybe not 15 pounds worth, but okay. Um, he is a plus 175 underdog. Josh with a minus 215 favorite to uh, to become the new champion of the world. I'm going to ask you, very simple, if you're a betting man, buy or sell Andy Ruiz Jr.'s odds at plus 175. Um, that's that's 100 it. to win 1750. Yeah. Or, I, I, you know, uh, one, one, sorry, 175. I'd buy it in a low sum if you're wanting to you know, get some action on this fight. I just don't think the favorite is worth any of your money um, in, in this fight. But wow. I, I don't know. I, what we saw in the first matchup between these two guys tells me that anything can happen. Um, anything did happen last time, and it wasn't a fluke. Like Andy Ruiz stood in the pocket and boxed Anthony Joshua, and Anthony Joshua was not prepared to do that. Will he be prepared this time? Probably more than the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but a tough heavyweight champion, uh, proud Mexican boxer like Andy Ruiz is going to stand in there and give you everything he has, regardless of how much he weighs, regardless of, of what he ate on Thanksgiving, and regardless of the guy who's standing across from him. So, um, if you are going to bet, I buy a couple bucks on it. Okay, how about the they got the rounds at uh, over under seven and a half? Think over that. I'm guessing you're leaning over then if you're buying Andy Ruiz. Yeah, and that, that's usually where that number's at in most fights, um, yeah. unless they're big, big under, uh, big, big underdog. And I think that is Vegas indicating, you know, how this is going to be a fight. And, um, yeah, I, I, I go over on that, I think. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, that's uh, that's Saturday night uh, in Saudi Arabia. Okay, that's something. If you can't uh, make it, pay-per-view. Yeah, if you, if you can't make it, make the flight out there. Uh, well, if you can, you're probably on a plane right now, or should be. Um, I don't know the time. Matt, I'm not good with that. Matt, before we get out of here, I do have a mailbag question oh. uh, as well. Wow. I did run, in, I did run into a couple of the, uh, of the founding members of the Cousins trip uh, oh, at yeah. halftime. Met up for a beer with both Brian uh, and Mike, uh, friends of the pods, listeners, well, uh, family members. Apparently, apparently, they're only like kind of listeners. Okay, but they're semi-listeners, part-time semi-listeners. guests, one-time guests of the pods. Well, I told that they're going to be listening to this one because I told them this was going to be a part of it. Okay. So, oh, um, you know, congratulated me on my move out east, and then lobbied for my vote. Didn't lobby for my vote. I kind of brought it up, but then lobbied for my vote. Uh, there's now three votes. I said I shouldn't deserve it. I don't deserve a vote. I don't I, think I, you deserve a vote. That's no, a, no offense to you. I, but I brought that up. I brought that up. I go, I'm not a Rooney. I don't deserve a vote. They were trying to count me as the third vote to move the Cousins weekend to the East Coast, a, a Miami, a stream song situation, you a know, Florida situation. We got it. I'm, I'm going to go on record and saying I don't think there's a bad choice. I, I'm guessing they told you that the two options we have, which are spring training out in Arizona, which mm-hmm. is hit up Scottsdale, a couple of courses out there. And the the other being you know uh, stream song down in Florida, I, I think they're both pretty good options. I just I think it's a little bit easier to get out west now for for a, for a longer flight for a longer trip out there than it will be in, in the you know in the future. And if we choose Florida, if we go down to stream song, I'm not going to complain. I think that'll be a very fun trip. I don't think we have any bad options. What would your vote be if you got? Um, my vote would probably be stream song because you my can vote. make it probably and and because I and because I've done spring training I've I see none a lot of us have ever done spring training or played yeah. those courses which is which makes yeah. it different that's no. 
If stream song is the choice, I'll be I'll happily go to stream song. But you are vetoing my vote, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, my I'll, vote, I'll, my vote I'll, will not be count. My vote will not be tabulated. I will raise it with the others. How about that? We'll okay. we'll talk. We'll, we'll in the, like the the five the five Roonies that are regulars on the trip will will take yours. Maybe maybe you get like half a vote. Hey, it just happened to be in the conversation. That's all. If you go, we can record a new. Uh, Lost episode. <laughs> lost episode. Uh, the annual lost episode. The annual lost episode, and then the annual episode. That, yeah. Well, there's one lost one. And there's one that was there for about ten minutes. Yes. Yes. The deleted episode. There's the lost episode, and then the deleted episode. The deleted episode is still Mike's fault because he yep. purposely shot sixty nine, and that's what got us into trouble. <laughs> and with that, we say goodbye <laughs> on episode one thirty two of the Moose and if you, Podcast. If, if you're listening to this, by the way, and it's still Friday, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, you, you still got a couple hours. All right, we got Wishfest tonight. Let's let's go out there. Let's get out to the south side. It doesn't matter what time you show up. Get there eventually. Go bid on some items. Go listen to some good music. Andy Grammer, Walker Hayes. That's all I got for you. Beautiful. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. We'll see you guys soon. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>